After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is Gary Sloven, Managing Partner of Goodso Anderson Quinn and Stifle LLP. Gary also serves as President of the Honolulu Zoo Society and Director of Helping Hands Hawaii. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Gary Sloven. Welcome to our show, Gary. Thank you very much. You're an attorney with Goodsell and Anderson, correct? That's correct. And how long have you been an attorney? Well, let's see. Do I have to tell you how long I've been an attorney? <laughs> um, it stretches my memory, but actually I graduated from law school in 1966, and I started practicing in Philadelphia with a small firm in the fall of 1966, and then I came to Hawaii in 1970. So I've been practicing a long time, almost 40 years. What brought you to Hawaii? Um, I had been living in the East Coast, you know, most of my life, and was just kind of, in a way, never really liked living in the Northeast, and just had a chance to come to Hawaii, and uh, just kind of took it somewhat on a lark, and thought we'd be here for a year. At that time, uh, my wife was offered a job teaching here. In those days, Hawaii was recruiting teachers from the mainland, which I think maybe they're doing again, but back in that time, they were doing that, and I had been very involved in the anti-war movement and the civil rights movement as a lawyer and was a little bit burnt out. And so I saw as an opportunity to take a break, see the beach. I had actually, uh, when the fifth grade, I had done a topic uh, on Hawaii, and that was before statehood because that would have been 1951. And I still remember the name of the teacher. I don't remember very much anymore, but I still remember that for some reason. So maybe there was a sense of destiny or fate in my I can't imagine you had too much of a break, especially now when you're the managing partner of one of the, is it the oldest law firm in, in town? The oldest and uh, largest within the state. That's right. Yeah, I don't get too many breaks anymore, but that was a nice break <laughs> at that time. How is it doing law in the Northeast compared to Hawaii? It's very different, Carrie, actually. Um, the Northeast is kind of this old uh, conservative approach to things. Um, I was involved in a very liberal movement at the time you know, in, in the practice that I had. But in Hawaii, the practice is a lot more, what I would say, collegial. I mean, I think, and that applies to a lot of things in Hawaii because of the fact that, you know, if you work with somebody during the day, you may very well see them. You probably will see them at a PTA meeting, at soccer, or baseball, the grocery store, a lot of different things. And in the Northeast, that's less likely to happen. And I think because of it being an island community, people just, you know, you sort of have to treat people better because if you don't, it kind of catches up to you more. In the Northeast, I think maybe there's more of a sense that you can get away with it. Um, maybe it's also the cold weather that people aren't as nice to each other. But, I mean, <laughs> people are much nicer to each other in Hawaii still. I think some people think it's changed, but still, compared to the Northeast, it's much, it's just as... Well, what you know. what has kept you here in Hawaii this all these years? 
You know, when I got off the plane and came here, I just felt that, hey, you know, this is a place, I mean, really within a day, I felt, you know, this really is a place that is more akin to what, the way I want to live. Um, I've always been involved in sports. I really like being outdoors all the time. The Northeast is just kind of harsh. People don't get together as well. I mean, you hold a party in Hawaii, guess what? If you invite 100 people, probably 110 come, yeah. In the Northeast, you invite 100 people, maybe 10 come. I mean, it's a very different thing. And to me, it just was much more uh, along the lines of the way I liked living. How was the transition for you? Because being that you had mentioned that doing business was so different. Um, how was the transition for you? How did you, I guess, the lifestyle is easy to become accustomed mm-hmm. to. But, yeah. you know, doing business, how you deal with people. Um, like you said, you know, now you're not just going to see them in the office, you might see them at your children's schools as well. Yeah, actually for me, it it really worked out better for me because I was never all that, to be honest, I was never all that comfortable in way working in the Northeast because my approach to the law has really always been more of trying to work things out with people. I mean, that's kind of been the focus of the practice that I've had over the years. And even in terms of being managing partner, that's more my natural style of doing things, which didn't fit as well on the East Coast as it did in Hawaii. So for me, it was the transition was always pretty easy. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The greater good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Gary Sloven, managing partner of Goodsell Anderson, Quinn, and Stifle LLP. Gary serves on the board of several organizations, including Hawaii State Bar Association and Friends of William S. Richardson School of Law at the University of Hawaii. Gary, can you tell us what's the difference between just practicing law, if you could say that, and now being managing partner and practicing law? Well, um, it sure multiplies the amount of time I spend in the office, that's for sure. Uh, It's really very different, Um, and combining the two is is sometimes a little tricky. In practicing law, and in my law is primarily government relations, working with government agencies. I mean, it's, it's the traditional way you're working with other lawyers, you're working with government agencies. In being the managing partner, it's really like being a CEO. Uh, it's essentially, we call it managing partner, it's basically CEO. And in that case, you're running the operation, so you're looking to meet the needs of the people who do the work you do. So, uh, and that's, you know, primarily helping the lawyers achieve their mission, which is serving clients, helping the staff and the lawyers have the tools they need to do the job. And one thing about a law firm, 
the mission of a law firm is really very simple. The clients come, they really put their fate in your hands when you're a lawyer. And so the mission is clear. You've got to serve the needs of the client. And there's a lot of pressure involved in that. And being managing partner you know, requires me to kind of have a sense of what's going on throughout the firm and making sure that people have what they need to serve that mission. How is the teamwork? How, how are you building teamwork within your organization? Because I would assume that, which probably shouldn't assume, but I would assume that getting a, a lot of attorneys to get along on certain things is quite difficult. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know that a law firm is necessarily different from any other organization. I've been doing this now for six months. I had been involved in the management of the firm some years ago. I have a pretty clear vision of what I want to accomplish um, in being managing partner. You know, I, as I've told the staff, we had a staff meeting just before I came over here today, and it's really to make this the best possible workplace that it can be, and one of the best, if not the best workplace in the community. There are a lot of different ways of doing it. One, one thing you, you do need to do, I think, is to have a clear vision, because if you don't, then the people who work with you, the team that works with you, is not going to have clear direction. You have, I think you have to be very clear about that. In my case, I have a very clear vision of what I want to accomplish. And then you need to work with team members. We have managers. We have a chief operating officer. Everybody really has to be on the same page there. And then it's a matter of communicating and also coming out with various ideas that get people to feel a part of a team. Um, we're doing different things. Um, regular meetings, for example, uh, so that people are kept informed. Um, I make it a practice every week to communicate to the uh, attorneys in the firm, both partners and associates, of what's happened in the firm. Makes your people have a sense of what's going on. I think doing different things to make people feel that they really are a part of the team, that they're not separated from the team, is a critical thing. We're just starting. We're looking at various ways of doing that. I think it's something that Frankly, American companies don't do as much as they should, and we are really emphasizing that um, to make sure that people do feel that they're connected, that they're part of the mission, you know, and part of the and part of the whole team. Where did you learn this leadership style? You know, I was thinking of that about that, you know, recently, and talking to a friend who's doing a book on leadership issues. Um, I think that. Probably early in my life, there were some figures who I have probably modeled myself after. But I also think that, you know, your philosophy is a result of all of the people that you work with. And if you're fortunate enough to, to work with and be friends with people who have good values and good ethics, then I think you incorporate those into your life. So... The first lawyer that I worked with in Philadelphia was a person who had an incredibly strong sense of morals and ethics. He was very community-minded and uh, had a very clear vision of what he wanted to accomplish as a lawyer. That certainly was a message to me. Certainly, you know, my parents, um, no matter you get maybe good and bad from parents, everybody does, but I think that they were people who, again, very honest people. I mean, my father was one of those people who really would walk a mile to return a nickel if he over, if, if he was uh, got too much money and change. So uh, I think it comes from a lot of different places. When I was at the Ethics Commission, the leaders of the commission at that time—that's when I was, you know, pretty young and pretty new to the community. I think they 
they talked to me a lot about the values in the community. I learned a lot from them about what living in Hawaii was like. And I found, as I said earlier, that those values were values that I actually felt. So I think it's hard to know for sure where it comes from. I don't think you can point to any one person um, where my overall philosophy comes from about this. But as I said, I think it accumulates from just all the people that you hang out with uh, during the course of your professional and social life. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Gary Sloven, Managing Partner of Goodsell Anderson, Quinn, and Stifle LLP. Before break, you were talking a little bit about community, and you're very much involved in the community. One of the questions that I had was, you know, your wife, you said, was recruited to come over as a teacher. When in your career in Hawaii as an attorney did you know that you were going to start getting involved and giving back to the community? Because oftentimes teachers do get recruited on the mainland, and then they go back right away. So how did you know that this is, you know, between you and your wife, this was going to be home and you were going to help to build Hawaii's community? Well, as I said, for me, as soon as I was here a few days, there was something about the community, I think some intangibles, that just made me feel comfortable in a way that I hadn't felt when I lived in the Northeast. I'm not exactly sure why that was. As far as um, being involved in a community, I think that's something that I've just always felt. I mean, from the earliest, my earliest time, just going to school, um, I think there are different reasons why that is. I mean, I, I think partly it's liking people, liking being around people. Um, I've always liked being a volunteer. Um, even before I got involved in the community affairs that I've been involved in most recently, you know, I volunteered at kids' school, I volunteered in the community for community cleanups. I, I, I think, and I think other people who do a lot of volunteer work will always tell you this, you really do get a lot more out of it than you give because it's a way of forming relationships, of feeling connected to a community. And to me, that's something that I've always, you know, just always had a feeling for. I think that given the needs of the community, once you start getting involved as a volunteer, you soon realize that if people don't volunteer in the community, there isn't enough to go around to meet the needs of people. Certainly, government is not capable of meeting all of the needs in a community. Um, private contributions are a big part of it, but not enough. A lot of it really is the sweat equity, people actually getting out there and doing things that are the things needed to keep a community whole. Do you encourage your associates at the law firm to get involved? Yes. I mean, it's. I would say it's sort of a requirement in our firm. All of the associates are encouraged as part of their training to get involved in the community. And what we tell them to do is, look, find something that you love to do. 
That's the key thing. Because if you don't like doing it, then it's not going to last. You can't just do it because it's, you know, you get this business development elements to it. Of course, there is. Um, um, and I think people probably do deserve to get some reward for the volunteering they do. But if you're not doing something you care about and you're committed to and passionate about, it isn't going to work. People aren't going to see you as being sincere. So we do encourage all of our associates to do it. And the interesting thing to observe is that when people do volunteer, that once they start doing it, the rest takes care of itself because people get involved in it, they make friends, they get passionate about it, they learn a lot more about the community, and then usually it becomes, it's a lifetime experience from then on. You mentioned a number of mentors in your life. Did your mentors train you with this type of community-mindedness? Certainly. I think probably the key mentor in my life was a lawyer in Philadelphia that I um, worked with for a few months Philadelphia in those days had a system that I thought was pretty interesting. After you passed the bar, you had to work with a licensed attorney for a certain period of time, and that time it was six months, and you didn't necessarily get paid for it. And then that attorney, after that period had passed, had to certify you that, that, it was, that you could practice. He had the character to practice law. And he was very community-minded. As I said, he was very involved during the McCarthy era representing people. When I worked with him, I was involved in the anti-war movement. I was involved in the civil rights movement. We didn't get paid for any of that work. I'd say in my early years of practice, half the time I spent was doing this pro bono work. So right from an early stage, um, these people who are my mentors, particularly this one individual, but there were others as well, I saw the example of people dedicating themselves to helping people and working in causes for no pay, but that there was a reward greater than that. And, I mean, it was a very exciting thing to do. I made a lot of great friends. Uh, I learned an awful lot and, and learned right away that, hey, you know, this doing uh, stuff where you're not getting paid actually is, can be pretty cool. <laughs> so I think that was probably maybe in my professional career that was, and, and community career, maybe that was a key thing. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948 2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Avi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. 
You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Gary Sloven, managing partner of Goodsell Anderson, Quinn and Stifle LLP. Gary is currently the president of the board of directors for the Honolulu Zoo and is a board member of Helping Hands Hawaii. Gary, you mentioned that you know, you're going to get, I guess, more fulfillment or satisfaction, not necessarily the pay when getting involved in the community. But for a lot of younger people that are just starting their careers out or kind of in the midst of their careers but really still trying to make it to the top, some of them feel like, you know, I need to make all the money first before giving back. What's your view on that and how would you encourage people that, yes, you do need to make money, but also giving back to the community is very important? Well, I think that's a good question, and I think that's a challenge that young people face. Certainly in a law firm, the young lawyers there do have to focus on training and developing their skills. I mean, that's really key. If you don't develop your skills as a lawyer, and I'm sure this is true of other people in, in other workplaces as well, if you don't develop those skills in those early years, you're going to have a very difficult time being successful in your profession. If you're not successful in your profession, then you know, you're, you're, you're going to have trouble accomplishing other things, including being in the community. So you do have to be practical. And I think one of the advice I give to, to the young lawyers on that is that don't get yourself overextended. One of the things you sometimes see is that the young lawyers, certainly in our firm, uh, they're a great group of people. They're very committed to the profession. They're committed to the community, and they have a lot of energy. And you can find yourself biting off more than you can do. Then it gets spread too thin, and then you don't do anything really well. So to me, you get yourself introduced at a young age. I, I do think that in Hawaii, the way law is practiced, very different from the mainland, the law firms here, certainly ours, give you the time to, to get involved in the community. We don't expect young lawyers to be as involved, say, as I am at this point in my career. But I think if you don't start getting involved early, there's certain habits that you will never develop and maybe you'll never get involved in the community. I mean, there are some people that just never do it when they're young and they never really do give back to the community. So I do think there's there's a balance that can be achieved, and I think you have to try to achieve that. And then how do you achieve the balance, though? Is there a certain mix that you're looking for? You're talking about in my own life or, well, or just in, in, in general? Others, in general. Walter well, Dodds came on, he said he spent 40 hours a week outside of his duties as CEO of his company and his other for-profit board duties in the community. I mean, to some of us, that's like, whoa, kind of out there, but... Yeah, I think that's probably an extreme. And I I do think you have to respect the individual situations of each person. If you're talking about a young lawyer who's starting out, who's needing to bill 37 or 38 hours every week, and you've got to spend probably 50 hours a week in the office in order to do that and learn your craft, it's and you have, say, a young family, which many of them do, um, or other, you know, personal interests, there isn't any way you could spend that amount of time and do both. So when I was a young lawyer practicing, first getting started in Hawaii, I didn't spend as much time as I do now, and I don't keep that close track of it, to be honest about it, but I spend a lot more time in community activities now than I did when I was younger. So you have to respect each individual's lifestyle and responsibilities. But I do think that for young people to get involved starts a habit that lasts. 
And that doesn't have to involve more than, you know, a few hours a week or, or even a month. It really doesn't. There are a lot of situations where people can volunteer. There's a lot of volunteer help needed where any amount you volunteer is going to be welcomed. And then at least that kind of gets you started as well as contributing. I mean, somebody who serves on a board, let's say a lawyer serves on a board and the board meets once a month and they go over issues, that lawyer's insights and experience and training can help that board do a better job. That may only involve two or three hours a month, but it's still valuable. It's still getting out there. It's still getting in the habit of contributing something beyond just your own reward. Do you have any kind of inspirational story you can share where, you know, it really brings together why this makes a difference? I mean, there are a couple, really, to me. I mean, one most recent has to do with the Zoo Society, where, where I'm president. And we're trying to accomplish certain things there. I mean, the main thing we're trying to accomplish is to move the zoo toward what, what we call a kind of a partnership, where the zoo and the city together you know, manage the zoo. This has been done in many other cities, and we're, we're trying to move in that direction because we want to try to save the zoo, and maybe we could talk more about that later. But one area in specific, that one specific area we worked on that I thought was an example of what volunteers can accomplish has to do with Rusty, the orangutan. As most people know in the community, the people, the city and others struggled for seven years to find a home for Rusty. It was a problem in the community. It was an embarrassment in a way. And then through a series of circumstances, the people who had decided to finally go ahead and build it, they called me one night and said, you know what, we're not going to go ahead after all. We're dropping out. And I said, my God, that's going to be terrible. And I said, well, that's the way it is. Um, how about you guys taking it over? We didn't have the experience, we didn't have the money, but we thought it was the right thing to do. So I talked to the vice president that night and I said, Mark, let's go ahead and do this. I mean, I think we can do it. The community needs it. Let's just do it. The board supported us. We had the rusty um, enclosure built to a world-class standard within four months. So what it had taken seven years to do through government and various foundations, we were able to do in four months. How did we do that? We did it because... We took a position, and then the community and volunteers all gathered together, and this was pretty much all done by volunteers, including some folks who said, we'll put on a dinner to raise some of the money. And so people said, there's no way you can do a dinner in that amount of time and raise that money. It can't be done. I said, well, we don't have much of a choice. So we went ahead and did it, and we raised a heck of a lot of money. So I think it was a case where volunteers taking a position on an important issue in the community were able by taking that position and taking some risk, able to galvanize other volunteers to come into play and make that happen. So I think that, to me, was an example of what volunteers can accomplish. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii. <laughs> 